podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How can you see looking through those tears? Don't you know you will be waiting goal? No, it's up to inside Celtic Park. Bit of an effort. Goal Celtic. Lavada on target, John McLaughlin got a hand to it, couldn't keep it out. Passenger is Celtic going forward again. 3 0. A double on the day for Lila Bada. Still five minutes plus away. By the phone, in the corner. Another blunder from Rangers and David Turnbull on hand to take full advantage. Turnbull just swats it beyond the goalkeeper and he's 16 games from the bench in his Celtic career. And the John McLaughlin knows what he's thinking there. Welcome to episode 120 of GigPod, the Glasgow is Green podcast. I'm your host, Rizzo, and what a game we're going to be talking about this evening. Yes, it's a 4 0 win over Rangers, that sensational game. And I'm joined on this episode by Spunkphone. How are you doing, mate? Um, a bit rough, John, to, to be honest with you. But listen, um, after yesterday, who can blame me? Um, a truly sensational performance from Celtic, and looking forward to going over it again with yourself, uh, like we did post-match in the pub yesterday, mate. Exactly, we went and celebrated in the pub, oh, what a treat for the Perrys, but fortunately we won't divulge what we spoke about in the in the pub, it's just too hilarious for the podcast listeners. But before we talk about the game, I've got a special treat, we've got some audio from Ange Postacoglu, our brilliant manager, his thoughts after the game, and we've got Daniel from Daily Celtic who helped us get that, so a big thanks to him, and follow Daily Celtic on all your pod- on all your social media platforms, but I think especially Instagram. But before we get to start to talk about the game, here's Andrew's thoughts on Celtic's win over Rangers. Yeah, um, really, uh, really proud of the group again. Uh, just uh, 
you know, considering, you know, we know the occasion, we know, you know, it's a big game for our supporters, for our football club, um, we're a very good team, so, you know, we knew going into it, it was going to be a challenge, and, uh, you know, I thought the boys were outstanding from start to finish, and, you know, our football, quality of our football was good, and we just worked our socks off, mate, our pressing was outstanding. Even more impressive, Andrew, when you lose such an important player for, what, 20 cents? Yeah, it was disappointing. Disappointing for Kyogo because he's been brilliant so far and I know he was looking forward to the game, but that's why we did our business in this window to make sure we have a squad strong enough. That, you know, last year, uh, that, that may have cost us, but this year, um, you know, we want all our good players available, but we know that if we have to make a change, I thought Jacko um, was really good. He caused him a lot of problems. What's his chances of playing against Real on, on Tuesday? Oh, too early to tell, mate. We'll, we'll have a look at it here, man. Carl, we'll see how... Um, how they go in the next uh, 24 hours. Is it a shoulder? Yeah, yeah it's shoulder kill. Two goals for Leila Badov, obviously that, yeah, the decision to make in that front three of who to play a big performance from him. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, to be fair, he's been great since we've signed him. I mean, I think he scored one of his first games in Europe. Um, <coughs> he's just got a real you know, a real maturity <coughs> in front of goal. Um, you know, he's got this knack of not just being in the right place, but really being calm. and and putting the ball in the back of the net, which is a, it's a hell of a commodity to have. And, um, you know, he was outstanding today. And, you know, I know Liel, he'll, he'll come in tomorrow for feedback and, and try and improve on, on, on his game. But, um, yeah, look, he, he, was, he was very good today. And he has been, as I said, since we saw him. I know this is nothing new for you, but how important are the ball boys and ball girls and what you want to do at Celtic Park and getting the ball back in play so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I'm not sure that's the main story coming into the game, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I understand. Look, it, it, it's it kind of look. We just want to be a team that's relentless, and, and it's all part of it. You know, sixty thousand come here to, to to watch football. They don't want to watch us waiting for the ball to come back or you know chasing one ball around. So you know, get it back in the way and play. I don't, it's not it's not it's not a tactical thing. It's just we want to play football. And, we can only do that if we have the ball. And you said yesterday it was, it was far too early to speak about the, the championship and what this result might mean, but, but when you win so comprehensively, I mean, it looks like a real statement. Do, do, do you not think that way? No, because um, I would have been lying yesterday if I, if I say the other thing to the today. It's not important. The, the, the table is not important right now. What's important is how we're playing. If we keep playing like that, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be hard to stop. And, and that's. And that's our intent, you know. We want to, we want to be better. I mean, I, I, we've we've started the season really strongly, but I, I, you know, in my mind, we've got sort of stronger each week. And um, today was another, you know, strong performance. Um, now, you know, people have been a bit dismissive because I think maybe they just thought the the opposition we had so far hasn't been up to it for whatever reason. I, I thought we were brilliant last week, and yet, you know, people talking about how poor Dundee United was kind of suits us. It, it ignores sort of our side of the um, equation and, and it's the same today, you know, if, if, if people want to sort of um, suggest that it's anything other than us being a really good football team, then we just keep doing what they're doing. So that's the important thing for me because five points, it doesn't get you anything right now. We showed that last year. You know? um, but if we play like that and keep improving, then we're going to be hard to stop. Right, so thanks to Ange for his thoughts there. It's great to hear from the Celtic manager. So, Spunkphone, what a fantastic performance it was by Celtic. Now, before we get into the game itself, let's talk about the team that Ange picked. We both we both got it wrong. 
we both predicted that it would be Dyson back in the starting lineup, but it was Lila Bada, and as usual, the manager got it right. So why do you think he selected Lila Bada over Dyson? Well, I think in, in fairness, Johnny's um, he spoke for choice, really, isn't he? Um, I think Abada probably getting that, that hat-trick last week definitely played a part. Um, he played well, obviously, up in, in Dingwall on Wednesday as well. Albeit, as I say, Dyson's been fantastic. And we thought, I think, that he'd probably go with, with Dyson to kind of nullify Tavernier, really. And in the end, he, he didn't really want to go for a, I don't want to say a defensive approach, but you know what I mean? He, he didn't go, oh, I'm going to nullify any Rangers threats, we, we basically just went for the offset or we're, we're going for the throat. Um, so I think that's why he went with Abada and to be fair, it, it, it paid off. So fair play to the manager. Clearly, um, if it wasn't already obvious, um, knows far more about football than you or I, John. Yep, he knows more than we do. Unbelievable, but true. So on to the game itself. And we had a blow right at the very start of the game when Kyogo suffered a shoulder injury. He had to go off after only five minutes. But his replacement was uh, Gigi, who a lot of people were thinking maybe wanted to start the game, but I suppose in a way he did start this game because he only missed the first five minutes and he played the rest of the game. So that shows, though, how strong this Celtic team is, that our most important player, which Kyogo is, no matter what MDC is, gets injured after only 30 seconds and we're able to cope with it and go on and win the game so comfortably. And we also lost Carl Starfelt as well. He got injured in the second half. Morris Jens came on and strolled through the game, so that's a real big testament to how good a team the Celtic uh, squad is, how strong it is, and how well that the team's playing. Because, I mean, when we've suffered injuries in the past, we've not been able to cope with it. But, I mean, I think if Kyogo misses out against Real Madrid, it'll be a real shame for him and for us, because I think in the Champions League, he's got a huge player for us. Same for Starfield. But really, that shows how strong a squad and how mentally tough the team is that they can have our most important player injured after no even a minute. It shows a real strength in the squad and the mental ability the team had to say, Spunkphone. No, absolutely. Obviously, it was disappointing to lose Kyogo so early on in the game. No surprise that it was big Scouse John, uh, or Lunny, as they've christened him, that was uh, <laughs> done the damage. It'd have been interesting to see, to be fair, how the game would have went. If, if Kyogo had obviously stayed on and, and wasn't forced off through injury, I think to be fair, we were that on it yesterday that we still would have won, you know, as, as, as comfortably as we did. But with Gigi coming on, obviously, he's a different kind of striker. Um, with Kyogo, they'd have been fearful and obviously making those runs in behind, whereas with Gigi, obviously, made it a bit more physical, basically. And t- to be honest, at times, just absolutely bullied Sands and Goldson. So. Thought he was outstanding, as you say. It's a testament to the the depth that we've got. When you look at the strength of, of our bench yesterday, um, when you're bringing the likes of Gigi off the bench, and you've got Dyes in there as well, and a, a host of others. David Turnbull obviously came on and and made his mark in, in one of these fixtures. Yeah, it, it's a testament to the strength, and obviously it's a worry if Kyogo and Starfield don't make it for Tuesday because I think the two of them would definitely be in our strongest eleven, but. I've got total faith, having seen, obviously, Akimakis and, and Jens as well, from what we've seen of them so far, that if they're asked to, to come in on Tuesday night, they can do the business. I'd agree. I mean, I'll be a big test for Jens in particular, but we'll talk about that uh, at the end of the podcast. But to the game itself, as we said, Gigi came on to replace Kyogo, but it didn't stop us with taking the lead after only eight minutes. And 
as usual, with the speed of thought and the Celtic players, I know Ange says we never stop, and it's a bit of a cliche, but it's actually true as well. And also, well done to the ball boys for constantly getting the balls to the Celtic players. Like whenever they wanted a, whenever we had a throw in or a corner, we'd get the ball right away, and we're taking corners and throw ins right away, and it completely spooked Rangers, I'd say. But we scored after only eight minutes. The ball went to Jota on the wing after a throw in. He crossed it in. It took a slight deflection. And there was Leela Bada in the right place at the right time, like he's done before against Rangers, to get the ball in the net. Maybe Joe McLaughlin could have stopped it. He sort of half saved it, but the ball managed to squirm over the line. And it was an excellent goal. It was a typical Leela Bada goal. It was in a, similar in a way. His goal against Rangers in February. I think that goal was maybe slightly better, and he stole into the box and completely left Barisic. But it was a typical Leela Bada goal, and after only eight minutes, Ange had made the right decision. He'd brought a bad into the starting lineup, and it was the right thing to do. And it was so smart, Buzz, to take that quick throw in. It was actually Jota who took the throw in quickly, and he passed it to O'Reilly, and it was his cross. But the way that we're managing to be so quick, not just starting games, but like by scoring an early goal, but I mean, the way the team is so fast moving getting up the, the park I mean teams in Scotland kind of live with it and I don't know maybe we'll have success maybe in the Champions League because of how quick we are we'll need to wait and see but that first goal really was a typical Ange goal so I'd say Spunkford Yeah no the first goal and, and we'll obviously come on to the second one in a minute as well um, really well just the epitome of and I know it's kind of been said in every quarter, whether it's fan media or, you know, that wonderful highlight show sports scene. Um, but it's it's the tagline we never stop and it, it, it's evident yesterday. Rangers just couldn't live with it. I've no doubt in my mind that Van Bronckhorst, as much as we rightly criticised, would have flagged this up before the match to, to the team that's able to go take quick throw-ins, quick corner kicks, quick set pieces and, and will just be relentless and not to switch off. But they did because they were too busy Arguing with the, the referee, um, feeling that obviously that throw-in should have went the other way. You've got Tavernier and Goldson constantly playing the blame game with one another because neither of them, as two of the most senior figures in that Rangers team as well, are prepared to to take the blame for anything. So whilst they were busy doing that, as I say, Celtic were just relentless. And it was, as Anne said, if, if you know the opposition want to stop, we'll take advantage of it. And, and we did that for the first goal and, and for the second as well, which we'll come on to. Yeah, before we did score the second goal with a great chance for Gigi, who had been playing no bad since coming, but he had a great chance to make it 2 0. O'Reilly, who was brilliant, had a brilliant cross in. The ball was on the six yard box there for me, bullet the header home. But for some reason, he tried to glance it and he glanced, he never really got a good contact on it. And it went miles past when it really should have been bulleted in the back of the net. It was a great chance. That was after 18 minutes. Then, three minutes later, Rangers had really their only, I'd say, decent chance to the game. It came through a Barris, it's cross, and he was probably their only Rangers player that was even half decent. He put about three or four good crosses in in the first half. I mean, they caused their defence a bit of problem, but the real only one that was a, causes a problem was in the 21st minute. He crossed it in, and Kolak, one of the guys he signed in the summer, he headed it wide. He got a jump ahead of Carter Vickers. And really, that was the end of Rangers' threat in the game. But after that Rangers' chance, we sort of kicked up a gear. And then, in the 32nd minute, we made it 2-0 with a brilliant goal. Again, Rangers were dilly-dallying. They got uh, offside against them. 
just inside our half. We get the ball quickly. McGregor passed it to Matt O'Reilly. And Matt O'Reilly, what an amazing pass. He spotted Jota making a run. He found him with a pinpoint pass. And Jota's finish. He chipped it out of the reach of McLaughlin and in the back of the net. I'd say one of the best goals we've ever scored against Rangers. And Jota's celebration wasn't bad as well. It was a brilliant goal. And if, maybe I'd say that if, if there's a goal that defined Ange Ball, which we'll talk about, it's that goal. The quickness, the brilliant pass, and the sublime finish. And I know I said in the pod previously that Kyogo was maybe our sort of closest equivalent to Henry Larson. I'm starting to think the draw might be because that goal was certainly Larson esque. It reminded me of finish he'd done against Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup back in the old days. But that really was a goal fitting to win any game, and even better, of course, when it's against Rangers. And it was a, a brilliant goal. And Jota is, I think I said it before in this pod, Jota is the best player in Scotland by an absolute mile. I can't see him being at Celtic that much longer, sadly. I'll imagine we'll get millions and millions and millions for him, which obviously will be good in a way to get that money for such a great player. But Jota is so good. And that goal, Spongebob, was absolutely marvellous. That was ridiculous. It was, it was a world-class finish. Again, say Rangers... Darlene switching off um, and actually won the replays. To be fair, you can see, I think it was McGregor one that took the free kick quickly into O'Reilly and Van Bronckhorst was on the touchline screaming at the Rangers players, pointing at O'Reilly to pick him up. But they just switched off um, again. And as I said, we'll take advantage of it if the opposition switch off. They've done it twice and and they were punished for it. Um, The pass through from O'Reilly was just ridiculous. And the, the, the first touch and then finish for Jota, as I say, it was world class. There's no other way to describe it. He's been absolutely phenomenal um, this season. You sometimes get a case of second season syndrome and, and defenders maybe work out, particularly in, in domestic football in Scotland, kind of how to better face up to, to players. It's certainly happened a few times with, with Celtic players in the past, but Jotters just went for, for strength to strength. and Hopefully we can hold on to him for, for, for as long as we can, but you're right in saying when it does go, it will be for, for millions and millions and I'd imagine it'll probably at least equal, if not beat the, the fee for Kieran Tierney or Calvin Bassett, the best defender in the universe, who obviously went for you know 10 times what Tierney went apparently. No, I, I, it was just ridiculous. It, it was an unbelievable goal and I'm, I'm running out of words to describe it here, John, so I'll let you take it away with the third. <laughs> Thank you. No, it was amazing and if there's somehow... Somehow, some way, no one's seen the goal. I see Celtic fan listening to this. I'm sure they have, but if you haven't, go and watch it. Pause the podcast and go watch it now, and then come back and listen to the rest of it, because it was amazing. Then, after 40 minutes, we made it 3-0. For the second time in a year, we're 3-0 up against Rangers at halftime. Amazing. And again, it was Lila Bada. Again, Matt O'Reilly was involved. He crossed it into the box, and Abada hung back and then put a shot. It was a powerful shot, went right through McLaughlin's legs. The goalie could have done a bit better, I suppose. But again, it was us being quick, a quick throw in again. Again, Rangers had switched off. They couldn't deal with it. And again, Lila Bada was in the right place at the right time. That's five goals he scored in two games. He is another player that I think could leave Celtic for big money. I know it's unfortunately that we're talking about players leaving Celtic for big money, but that's just the way it goes. In uh, Scottish football, I mean, players don't usually stay for that long. If, especially if they're playing as well as the Celtic players are. But, I mean, Leela Bader, he thoroughly justified that decision by to start him. I mean, he's only 20, 
and he could go on to be a great player, and not just for us, but for a team in an even better league. And he's going to be huge for us in the Champions League. But five goals this season. That's his three goals he scored against Rangers, and he's just even he's even though he's a great pal near Beaton, hasn't he at Celtic anymore? That's not him off his game. He has been sensational. He won't get. He probably doesn't get the the sort of the same acclaim as Jota. He probably should because he's in a way he's just as good. But that was another brilliant goal. And I mean, I know that the all the noise after the game will be about how crap McLaughlin was, and he was crap for Rangers. But that was a finish that uh, stri- that's a finish that Gigi or Kyogo would have been prouder. And he scores so many goals for a player that's no no a natural striker. He has been a brilliant signing for us. When you think that he came over when he was only nineteen. Like his first big move, he showed no fear whatsoever. He always gets the big goals in the big games, and that was another one. Spunkful, that was an excellent finish by him. McLaughlin probably could do a bit better for that one. He certainly could have done better for the, the next goal that we'll talk about. He had a, a pretty stinking game, to be honest, but let's let's not let that obviously take away from just how fantastic we were. Um, you're right in saying he doesn't get the, the, the same plaudits. I'm certainly guilty of doing it myself. We'll focus on... Kyogo and Jota and how brilliant they are and, and they deserve every bit of the credit that they do get, they're absolutely sensational and you know, they've, they've been massive for us since they've been at the football club but so is Little Badder, as you say Kimir's a 19 year old for Israel you know, moving abroad for the first time as a teenager, came in immediately settled, obviously scored in his, his competitive debut against uh, against Mitchelland. Um and then he's not really looked back for the other numbers he puts up in terms of goals and assists or Ridiculous. I know. I, I think it is definitely time, in terms of the larger conversation around our, our best players and our best attacking players, that he's mentioned alongside Jota and Kyogo. He's been a kind of, maybe isn't the right word, but he's obviously been, been in and out the side in the opening few weeks of the season because obviously the manager loves Dyson and, and Dyson does a fantastic job for us as well. I thought even yesterday when he came on he impressed again but yeah as I say for a 19 20 year old to put up the kind of numbers he does in terms of goals and assists and see it's his third goal against Rangers now so he's you know making an impact in these massive games for us and I think he will do in the Champions League as well. I, I can't wait to see him on on Tuesday night and, and see what he can do because he's he's just been phenomenal since he came to Celtic. Ah, he has been and he, he really does deserve a lot of credit. I mean he was young player of the year last year as well. And deservedly so, and he will only get better and better. It's really the attacking players that this Celtic team have got are just phenomenal. Really, it's probably the most attacking team since I don't know, maybe Martin O'Neill's first years when we had like the Alan Thompson, Stan Petrov, John Hartson, Chris Sutton, Hendrik Larson away in with goals. But they they were sort of heavily striker based that team, whereas this team the goals are sort of shared out more evenly and it wouldn't surprise me if Jota or Abad ended up top scorer this season I suppose that depends how long the uh, Kyo goes out for so 3-0 again at half time against Rangers second time this year what a, an amazing situation what a, what a position to be in and just like the game in February the second half didn't live up to the first half I mean it couldn't really we made a lot of changes as Ange likes to do obviously Starfield had to go off in the 56th minute Morris James came on to replace him and I thought Morris James did very well then after 72 minutes, we made the triple change we always do. Uh, Matt O'Reilly came off. He was brilliant. He went off to a great ovation, replaced by David Tumble. Rio Hatati, who I think we'll talk about in a wee bit, he came off. He was replaced by Aaron Moy. 
and Lila Bada was replaced by Dyson, who we've talked about before. And then, in the 78th minute, we made it 4-0. Rangers couldn't even claim a moral victory like they did in February when they hit the bar. So poor old Van Bronckhurst couldn't claim that they won the second half this time. David Tumble will maybe the funniest goal that Selix ever scored against Rangers. Well, John McLaughlin had the chance to pass it to a Rangers player that was sort of standing in the box. I think it was Goldson. He had the chance to pass it to one or two players panicked and passed it right to David Tumble, who was there. He slotted it in the back of the net for the easiest goal I think he's ever scored. And that's probably the funniest goal we've ever scored against Rangers. Or against any team, I think. I kind of think it's a funnier goal. I mean, probably the easiest goal we've ever scored against Rangers as well. All Tumble had to do was tap it in. His first goal of the season, I think. His first goal against Rangers. That'll give him a lot of confidence because I don't think he played that well against Ross County the other night. But can you think of a funnier goal we've ever scored Spunk when it truly was hilarious? Put me in the spot here, but I think you might be right. As we said, obviously, John McLaughlin certainly didn't have his best game in goals for Rangers. And I think the fact that it's it's between him and Alan McGregor as their goalkeeping options is just gross negligence. And, and long may it continue um, from the, the Rangers board. But it, it was just comical, to be fair. Most of their attempts on, on the day at playing out from the back were. They, they really didn't know how to handle our press and you know the, their attempts to play out from the back it ended up just being McLaughlin would either knock it to one of the centre halves of the full backs they'd go back to the keeper he'd then go to one of the centre halves and obviously they've tried that again on this occasion I think it was Davis who had the shout for the ball and again they, they just couldn't put up with the press and, and it was just comical and it probably is the easiest goal David Tumble will ever score um, a deserved goal against them to be fair because I, I think that um He'd been kind of criticised for maybe not doing it in these games against Rangers in the past. And I don't think at the minute he gets into the first choice midfield as brilliant as I think he is. And again, you talk about numbers with a badder. David Tumbles are equally as impressive from midfield. The first half of last season, he was fantastic for us. We had a real shortage in that area. Um, so like, there'll be plenty of games between now and, and the break for the World Cup in November. He'll, he'll get game time, but. As I say, as much as he maybe wouldn't be in the, the first choice eleven at the moment, um, he is a fantastic player and it was a much-deserved goal against Rangers for him. And Like we say, probably the, the easiest one he'll ever score in his career, but it was it was superb. Couldn't have happened to a better team. Just truly hilarious stuff. 4-0 against Rangers. Five, we go five points clear at the top of the league. I mean, it's early days here. We're not getting carried away, but we have started the season just in brilliant form. Six wins out of six. We've scored 25 goals and conceded one to Alex Yakoviti of Ross County, who's the only player that scored against us domestically because he scored against us in the Premier Sports Cup as well. And spoke for I know we're not getting carried away and I think it'll be tougher for Celtic when we start playing two games a week like we're going to start doing this week. We're playing Real Madrid on Tuesday and we're playing Livingston on Saturday and you know they'll make it tough for us because they'll just try and be stodgy and defensive as ever. But you kind of really complain about that start of the season. It's better than I think MD would have hoped. And this team just looks domestically like it's going to go from strength to strength. We're not getting carried away, but it's been a brilliant start. And before we go into the, the Madrid game, we'll just talk about the players that stood out. I mean, obviously we've talked unendingly about Jota and Lila Bada, rightfully so. They scored the goals. But Matt O'Reilly was just phenomenal. I mean, it's hard to believe that I texted... Uh, our dear leader Stevie when we played Dundee United when we were I think 1-0 up and I said I don't think the midfield's clicking 
just after, as soon as I'd sent that text, he won the ball that set up Hugo for his second goal. He had two assists that day. He had two assists yesterday. And you can really see why teams in England are looking at him and want to sign him because he's just the sort of player that will thrive in England. And we signed him for, I think, 1.5 million for MK Dons. That is a brilliant bit of business there. I mean, we missed doing that guy, I think, Riley McGree, who went to Middlesbrough, who are near the bottom of the championship. And I think everybody was pretty bummed out about that. But we went and signed O'Reilly right away, and he has been just excellent. And Rio Hattati, I thought Rio Hattati was absolutely brilliant. I know that he's, after his first game against Rangers, he found it hard to really live up to the same expectations, rightfully so. He scored twice on his first game against Rangers. As I said in the last podcast, I think he suffered for being knackered at the end of last season, especially in the games against Rangers. But that was the real Rio Hattati. He's so, so good at passing, spotting the, the easy pass, finding men. And I thought he was just brilliant. And I actually thought Aaron Moy, when he came on, done well as well. I mean, I, I still don't think he'll be in the start for Celtic anytime soon. But I thought he was excellent. And as I said earlier, Morris Gents, he just strolled through the game. He was very powerful in defence whenever like he had to put in a challenge. And I thought maybe defensively, he's not been absolutely brilliant for us. I think he could have done better with a goal we conceded up at Ross County in the Cup. But I thought he was excellent. And I think practically everybody was excellent. I mean, Joe Hart had practically nothing to do. But there was no letdowns. And really, how can there be when you beat Rangers 4-0? I thought everybody was brilliant. Spunk phone, did them that I've not mentioned stand out for you? Or do you want to say something about any of the players that I've mentioned there? Well, just rightfully so. Obviously, we're talking about the attacking players and how superb they well, Why wouldn't we be? They won 4-0. But I, I think um, Carter Vickers is a bit like... Callum McGregor now, where you basically, you just expect him to kind of stroll through games. And yesterday is obviously a massive test, the biggest one you're going to face domestically, and I thought he absolutely strolled it. I think Juranovic and, and possibly even Greg Taylor now, for all the plaudits he was getting in the, the first couple of weeks of the season, I think he's almost in that category now, where it's, you're just expecting a, a 7 and 8 out of 10, and for them to just stroll through games, and and I think they did that again yesterday. I thought they were fantastic. Really, you know, as much as we'll say, Rangers obviously didn't play very well. Our midfield for a start didn't allow them. The pressing was relentless from the forwards as well. But even when they did get possession and, and you know, look to create something, they really didn't find any openings. And I thought the reason for that was the back four um, and then obviously including Jens as well, when he came on, they were just outstanding. They gave them nothing. And for all the plaudits the attacking players get, and it absolutely is justified, of course, as the team, for all, all that we talk about attacking football, it's not top-heavy. We've got a real solid, settled back line there. We've got plenty of quality players who can come in when we do need to rotate as well. And, yeah, I think that's another big plus point for us. And Going into Tuesday and going into European games where we are going to be tested more. I've got full confidence in that in that back four um, with the way that they've been playing. So long may it continue. One more thing about Carl Vickers. He got booked in the first half, but that didn't affect his game at all. He still went in for challenges and won most of them. And he'd be proud of his performance. And just before we talk about Tuesday, just a word on the manager. We are playing just football that's not been seen at Celtic for years and years. I genuinely kind of think a Celtic team that's playing as well as this one has. Maybe the Tommy Burns era, like, because I'm a bit older, I can remember that, and much as that was a brilliant team, we 
didn't step up to the plate against Rangers, especially. We didn't win trophies. I think we only won one, one trophy when Tony Burns was manager, and that was a great Celtic team with great attacking players. But it didn't have the steel, really, that this Celtic team's got, especially at the back. That Celtic team always, at times at the back, looked like it was going to be fragile and 40 pieces. But domestically, at least, this Celtic team doesn't look like it's going to do that. We've got the good defenders, as you said, and they provide the platform for the attacking players. And this is probably the best Celtic attacking team since definitely Tony Burns' era. I'm sure... Maybe Brendan Rodgers' first season as well. Maybe it's on a par with that because we had Scott Sinclair, who was brilliant that season. Dembele was phenomenal that season. James Forrest was, I think, maybe at his peak. Patrick Roberts was brilliant as well. But this Celtic team, in a way, is possibly even better because this, that Celtic team we spent a lot of money on. We were, you know, Brendan Rodgers was still building on a successful team, even though Ronnie Dyler's last two seasons Two seasons in charge were pretty poor. He was still building in a successful team and get through in at the deep end at Celtic, not bringing any staff with him. On the back, he had a terrible season where we blew 10 in a row. And he's just been phenomenal. I mean, I know we've been praising everybody like mad in this episode, but they deserve it. And I, mean, I remember when he got a job, all these Australian football experts were like, this guy's going to be amazing. He'll transform Celtic. He'll play amazing football. And I think we were all like, I right. And then... If we look back to that legendary podcast we've done against Hearts, spoke for when we lost 2-1 on a Saturday night, way back at the end of July in 2021, and we thought, oh no, what have we done here? But all the experts in Australia were right, and Ange has just been amazing for us. Two absolute hammerings of Angels, and then we managed to win at Ibrox in a, a must-win game, playing completely different football. He's been a superb manager and I know it's still early days but we really should be looking to give him a, a long term contract so we can keep him at Celtic for as long as we can because the next guy that comes in will not play anywhere near as good a football as Andrew's team I don't think I can see he's hammering Rangers 3-0, 4-0 with the next manager whoever it is I mean we have, we never we hardly ever done that even when Brendan Rodgers was a manager and that was when really Rangers were in the Premier League for the first time ever in their second incarnation so, I mean, we were expected to hammer them. That wasn't meant to be the case with Ange, and he just took Celtic to a new level domestically. And this game against Real Madrid and the rest of the Champions League games will be the ultimate test for him, but I would get him on a new long-term contract as soon as possible. I don't know if he'll want to sign one, but he should be at Celtic for years because he's really been phenomenal for us. To, to, to paraphrase Rio Ferdinand, great guy, um, when obviously... Man United won away in Paris. Well, like on a social when he was in as the uh, temporary manager, get the contract to put it on the table, let him write down whatever he wants to write down on it, have him sign the thing, and and just be done with it because he's he's just been phenomenal um, since he came to the football club and since he came to Scottish football. He, he's just been absolutely fantastic. Football we've we've played has been unbelievable, and yeah. Get get one as as long uh, a term of a contract as as he's willing to accept because I just love the guy, John. I've I've, I've got nothing more to say. I just love him. Yeah, so all the Celtic board that are no doubt listening to this great podcast, listen to us, Guyanja, long term contract. He deserves it, right? So the excitement doesn't end there though. The last game is Rangers. The next game is Real Madrid for the first time since nineteen eighty, even before I was born. That's how long ago it was. We're playing Real Madrid in a competitive game. 
Yes, the Champions League is back at Celtic Park for the first time in five years, and there's no bigger game. Real Madrid, the champions of Europe, 14 times winners of the Champions League slash European Cup. And this is going to be the ultimate test for Celtic, and it's one I think that the players are going to be loads of confidence. I mean, okay, we could be without Kyogo and Starfield, and that would be a big blow, but I still have confidence in the players that they could go out and put on a performance. And I know that we said earlier that Jens will probably come in for Starfield if he's out. But do you think there's a chance that maybe Dyson will come in for Kyogo and we might play GG behind Dyson and sort of similar in a way we did the Ibrox when I think that's something the manager might think about doing because Dyson is so quick with his pace and he'd work non-stop and what we could do is like give him a chance like to really run his heart out and then we can give him a rest next Saturday while playing Livingston. No disrespect to Livingston, but I mean, we could bring in like Haxabanovich or something like that. Do you think there's a chance that Dyson could start as maybe the, the main striker, so to speak? I think there's every chance Dyson could, could start the game, you know, certainly from a more defensive point of view, although we know Ange isn't really going to change anything, certainly not massively in the approach. Um, at the end of the day, it is still the, the European champions come to Parkhead, so I, I think he might well put Dyson in there for his, his defensive work rate is absolutely relentless pressing and running. I'll be interested to see whether or not that would be through the middle because it'd be incredibly harsh. He's not going to drop Jota. It'd be incredibly harsh to drop a badder after after his recent performances and particularly, obviously, yesterday. Um, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see um, what happens come come Tuesday. Obviously, I don't expect Kyogo to, to make it by the sounds of things, so... I've got full faith in Anzo. Whatever team he picks, whatever team he goes with on on Tuesday, regardless of the result, I, I think we'll certainly give Real Madrid a game. They'll they'll come at it knowing that they've been in a really really difficult football match, and that's all we can really ask for up against the the champions of Europe. I'm sure the atmosphere will be fantastic, like it was yesterday, and you know hopefully they can give us give us something, another goal after six or seven minutes to take the lead. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be too bad, John, just to get the place really rocking. But no, I've, I've got full faith in, in the manager, whoever he picks come Tuesday. And as I say, it might well be. be and they could possibly play him through the middle, but we'll wait and see. Aye, it would be harsh, especially on a badder, with how brilliant he's been. But, I mean, he'll start games for us in Champions League this season, no doubt. And this game is an outlier. Well, so is Madrid away as well, because Madrid are by far the best team in the group. And, We'll nobody expected to take any points off them at all, really. And anything we get is just a bonus. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a, a Barcelona situation again. And the guy that scores a winner for us will be the new Tony Watt. Okay, maybe maybe he doesn't want that sort of career. But there you go. No offence, Tony. Who's still a good Celtic man. But it's going to be some occasion, 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, when the Champions League theme starts to play. I'll no doubt be amazing wall of noise atmosphere. Hopefully we don't boo the Champions League anything like Man City fans do. That would be bizarre and weird. But no, it's going to be incredible and I'm sure Celtic will put up as good a performance as they can. I mean, that's all it will really hope for. We're, we're not being daft and thinking, oh, we're going to go and beat Real Madrid 2-0 or something. I mean, and maybe the first game we could catch them cold, but we need to be realistic here. And all we hope is that Celtic put on a show, as the song goes, and they're in there fighting with a chance. And if we get beat, that doesn't take away from what this select team have done over the last 
year and a, year and a bit. I mean, we're expected to get beat, but the fact that we're even in the Champions League, when you think of where we were at the end of season 2021 is remarkable, really, and all credit to Ange and the players would have done. And we'll have some audio on the podcast on Wednesday after the Real Madrid game because we're luckily enough going to be at the post-match press conference and Stevie will be there to talk to Ange after the game, so there's something to look forward to on the next podcast. But that's the end of this episode, looking at our amazing win over Rangers and looking ahead to the biggest game in football this week, I'd say, where Celtic play the best football team in Europe. And I think they've won the World Club Championship multiple times as well, Real Madrid, and it's it's going to be an amazing week. So, Spunkphone, thanks very much for coming on this episode. Pleasure as always, John. And it was sensational to meet you yesterday and celebrate a, a tremendous Celtic win. And also meet our dear leader, Stevie, as well. So, what a day. Sadly, he couldn't go to the pub due to family duties, but it was a, a sensational day all around anyway. So, that's the end of this episode. You know where to get us by now in all the usual podcast places. Leave us reviews, ratings, and tell us how great we are. As I said, we'll be back on Wednesday with a review of the game against Real Madrid. Celtic versus the best team in Europe. What an occasion it's going to be. Even if we end up getting pumped, it's still an amazing occasion. And the fact that we're going to go toe to toe with Real Madrid just over a year after we were really at the bottom of the barrel, losing the league in front of no fans. We seem nowhere. Now we're back, hammering Rangers on a regular basis. And we're back in the Champions League. And that's thanks to Ange and the players who have been amazing over the last year and a bit. So, all credit to them and hopefully this is just the start because we never stop, as Ange says. And that's the same for GigPod as well. We never stop. So, we'll be back on Wednesday with a review of the game. So, thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and hail, hail. Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.